You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. In his new film, In the Loop, our guest today, Armando Iannucci, presents a political satire centered on the Machiavellian art of spin in the 24-hours news cycle, where one's choice of words can, in a heartbeat, affect international diplomacy and where language isn't so much a virus as a weapon of mass destruction. Iannucci is a comedian, writer, director, performer, and radio producer. His work includes The Day Today, I'm Alan Partridge, and the BAFTA award-winning The Thick of It. Armando Iannucci, welcome to film school. Hello. How are you today? How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm do- very good, thank you. Yeah, I'm doing well myself. Is Are things swell in England? Are we, are we reaching uh, you yeah, in London? I'm... I'm- I'm sitting in my office uh, at the BBC overlooking a uh, grey, drizzly sky, uh, and it's near tea time. Ah, well, how <laughs> nice. Uh, now, when, when, when you're writing uh, humour, I was yeah. wondering, just off the bat, is, is it any more difficult to write political humour? Is there any difference that you go through, or are you pretty much going for funny? Well, I mean, with all these things, I just think, you know, where what what is the funniest thing? You know, I, 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 I and I also, I mean, quite a lot of my stuff is, is not political. Mm-hmm. I, I'm fascinated by politics. I'm fascinated by the language of politics. But I also am drawn towards, I suppose, the sort of the absurd situations people get themselves into. When There's something about people who are very, very serious, <laughs> um, who, but who are also deeply aware that everyone's judging them uh, uh, all the time. There's something funny about then watching them try uh, to be very, very careful and say nothing that will ever come back to hound them. I think there's something, there's something funny about that situation, really. I, I mean, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Well, I was just going to say, I, I always wanted to uh, make a funny, sort of fast-talking film uh, and I was always looking for the right story, uh, and I never expected, <laughs> you know, the subject for my comedy film to be <laughs> the events uh, leading up to the start of a war. Um, yeah. But it's as I looked into how the, the different departments in, in Washington became more and more dysfunctional w- with each other and, and how they lured the, the Brits into the whole process and, and used them that, that I realized, actually, this is a... You know, it's both a horrific story, but it's also a, a farce, really. Yes. And, and that's when I felt I had the story for my comedy. Yes. Now, now, you talked about the language of politics and, and, and just about the farce of, of politics, too. Uh, is part of that just the way they seem to mask, uh, you know, politicians and people dealing behind the scenes to mask what they're really trying to get at like the the uh, that the paper that was written uh in in the movie itself uh, post-war planning parameters implications and uh, possibilities it yeah. they never get to the point no i mean never then the, the, no one's ever allowed to to get get to the end of of saying the whole title uh-huh. of, the, of the paper i mean and it becomes known as 
flip flip shorts, <laughs> and uh, and and so you just get this stupid noise, flip flip, being said by a lot of deeply serious people. In fact, one of them says, "Flip flip, what is that? A report on bird calls? What what is it?" <laughs> and 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 so you get, and you get you know people like James Gandolfini in in in, in four star generals uh, outfits, looking very very imposing. Uh, but sitting down, you know, saying this word "whip whip" uh, an awful lot. Um, I don't know. I think there's something also, uh, you know, as, as an audience, I think we know that what we see politicians saying on the television and in their speeches is it must be vastly different from what actually goes on behind closed doors. And 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 part of the the point of the film really was to kind of give a much much more accurate picture of what really really goes on. Uh, behind those closed doors. And it's not what we think. It's not lots of conspiracies and it's not lots of, as we maybe think in the West Wing, lots of noble, virtuous, absolutely intellectually brilliant people striving away for the better good. It's actually lots of rather dull, ordinary individuals a little bit confused just about what's going on, uh, but not wanting to show it. Well, it's the internal politics that we often deal with in in the more traditional you know corporate life on steroids yeah. on steroids i mean as uh, one of the characters refers uh, to uh, the, uh, I, the the youth that is associated with the current washington administration or the previous administration i don't know so much yeah. about obama's but how young they are there what are these is it bugsy malone with real guns Yes, and, well, and, I kind of, I, I kind of re- came out to research. I came out to Washington to yeah, research the film, and, and you know, I was struck by the number of really bright twenty-four-year-olds that I met. Who uh, there was one twenty-three-year-old who had been sent out to Baghdad to help draw up the constitution, and I, I just thought, but he's only twenty-three. You know, he's telling a country how to run itself. Well, and yet, you know, he probably doesn't know how to buy a house yet. Yeah. No, <laughs> I... Kind of, and I find that frightening. No, there's stories aplenty about. There was a there was another young man, certain in that same 23, 24-year-old, who was set uh, sent to Iraq to help them set up their stock market. Okay? The and, stock and, market, of course. Yes. And, and, does, and, he, does he still get a, a weekly allowance from his Yeah, I, I, <laughs> honestly. I mean, this is, yeah, we're talking about a major industrial, potentially major industrial power uh, with yeah. being essentially set up by the uh, Eagle Scouts or something akin to I that. I know. It's like a board game that people get at Christmas, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> and there's, there is that, it's like Monopoly or something. There's this, this brilliant <laughs> scene. I just, I have, I don't want to give much away as far as the the scene by scene mm-hmm. stuff, but, uh, but. Uh, when Malcolm Tucker sits down with the uh, the twenty two soon to be twenty three year old assistant who was going to walk him through a briefing, I just that was just a wonderful scene, and I think a natural reaction on the part of Malcolm's in that in that, in that scene. Well, yes, but that so sort of reflects my shock at finding out how young people actually were, and you see that I mean the government in Washington is so big that anyone, if they are ambitious can find themselves a corner of a room somewhere and uh, get enough people around them and and build up a little empire and, and not really be known about. You know, uh, that that was sort of the, the eye-opener. And yet, on top of all this, there is the faction fighting. You know, I found out that uh, in the, in the lead-up to the invasion of Iraq, the Pentagon and the State Department really did not talk to each other. Mm. And both of those organizations have their own set of acronyms. 
when they're talking, you know, uh, you know, people will say, um, did you DF-19 that to the 760? Because if you haven't 760, there's no way the D is going to find out on the F. But, but, but both departments have completely different acronyms. And, and so the Pentagon, if the ha- Pentagon was having a meeting where someone from the State Department was present, they would agree to use as many acronyms as possible so it would sound like a foreign language to the guy from the State Department. Uh, you know, and it's things like that. You just think, is this really how the world is run? Yeah, unfortunately, I, I believe it is. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're speaking with Armando Iannucci. The film is in the loop. And I, I've got to say, this is, this is my favorite comedy of the year or, or for, for quite a while. It's, it's wonderfully wit- written and, and fast-paced. Uh, we spoke about the language of politics, and part of the language of politics is, is, is the cussing, at least from what Mike yeah. and I have experienced. And, and, and uh, you actually went and... and uh, ran it, your uh, script through a uh, cussing expert, I heard. How, how did well, that yes, operate? A, a sort of profanity consultant. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 well, it's, it's, again, it's what I was saying about this. You know, we see them in public, and we see what they say in public, but what do they really, how do they behave behind those closed doors? And also, what do they speak like? And, and you know, again, the reality is, as I've discovered in my research, there's an awful lot of swearing because... These people are in a highly stressed situation mm-hmm. where, you know, there's a lot of pressure on them and they can't switch off. So there is an awful lot of swearing. And, yeah, one of our writers, Ian Martin, is particularly good at um, <laughs> coming up with... I mean, the thing about swearing in, in, in movies is that I, I actually find a lot of it gets slightly samey and slightly predictable. So what we do is try and come up with more and more elaborately innovative forms of swearing or, 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 or try to think of ways in which the swearing can be dressed up in increasingly complex um, threats of physical <laughs> assault. Um, and, and, and Ian is particularly uh, good, good at that. So, so he, oh, he's become known as our swearing consultant. Well, it, 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 it works because it's, it's funny. And it also really brings the, the parameters of these characters, I mean, what they are capable of, what what their agendas are it it works in the dialogue because it's an effective tool that you're i think you're using in order to make the point and and by the way i I completely agree with what nathan said about how funny this film is but you cannot help but in the in the background not so far in the background you the seriousness of this film the 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 the, the consequences of the sort of internal machinations of the state department and of the, of the White House and of the British ministries and all the rest of it, because the real there are real consequences to the actions that these people are taking. Even though you get the impression that no one, no one actually believes what they're saying in this film, uh, maybe with the no, exception what, of the uh, what I'll call the Donald Rumsfeld character, but maybe I don't even know. I, I just don't think anyone actually has been convinced in any conceivable, reasonable way that what they're saying is actually true. No, well, that was interesting when we showed the film to a lot of Washington uh, insiders uh, a couple of weeks ago, and there was, uh, and they laughed all the way through the, uh, their sort of rec- recognition uh, at things that I've never heard an audience laugh at before watching the film. You know, like the way someone picks up a piece of paper or uh, sits on a chair. There was a general sense of people going, "Yes, yes, we we do sit on chairs like that, don't we?" So there was that sense of. But at the end, in the in the question and answers afterwards, there was a slightly, uh, I wouldn't say awkward, but a certain somber atmosphere in the room because and they did say look although this film is a comic exaggeration that's how it happened and yeah. there was an air of 
you know, we're really sorry because not enough of us did anything to say that this is ridiculous. Um, and, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, I, I arrived at this story thinking it's both horrific and yet there's something ludicrous about it as well. I, I, I heard that when they were recruiting for people to help run Iraq once the invasion happened. You mean once they Operation, they, uh, what do they call it, uh, success? What did they, what, the banner on the... On mission the, accomplished? Mission accomplished. Uh, mission accomplished. Wait, wait, yeah. what's once, mission? That, once that mission was roundly accomplished <laughs> uh, at light speed, yes. um, obviously then people needed to run the country and they would recruit people and they would say to them, you know, can you speak Arabic? And if they said yes, Rumsfeld and his cronies would say, well, you can't go there then because the fact you've learned Arabic means that you are pro-Arabist. <laughs> and we don't want any pro <laughs> So, So, you know, for the first year or so, the country was run by people who couldn't speak Arabic, you know, which led to both hilarious and deeply tragic consequences. Yes. And, you, and, and, you, and you, you, you weigh both of those up. And I decided when I was making the film that, you know, we weren't going to um, dress it up and um, shy away from the fact that fundamentally what it's about is, is, is a war. We never get as far as seeing the war, but... That little background noise you talked about at the beginning of the film, you know, does get louder and louder as the film progresses. Oh, it does. And uh, did you have anybody uh, in Washington complain to you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, there's a guy, Alistair Campbell, who was Tony Blair's press secretary, who, who Malcolm Tucker is vaguely um, based on. Uh-huh. He watched the film and said it bore no relation to a reality. And th- he said it was boring, which kind of implies that he's seen it all before, which was <laughs> yeah. a shocking thing. But he 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 he, um, he, he cited a, a scene in I won't give it away, but there's a scene in the American thing about a committee in the American scene yes. about a committee, and he cited that saying that would never happen. And in fact, that's the one story he picked on that was absolutely true. That sounds. That I just borrowed. I just borrowed wholesale from reality. That is so. That is so pol- political. In, in that, I know. It, it's like uh, you can. They seize on the one thing they know is the most to to their mind the most inaccurate, and they yeah. try to blow it up into the whole thing. This therefore it negates anything of, that of, of value about anything else that you might have to say either in the film yeah. or otherwise. And I, I just that's so political. By the way, uh, we're speaking with Armando Inucci, and the film is in the loop. Uh, I I know that a lot of the some of this story kind of percolated or was gestating, if you will. In your um, in your uh, show, the thick of it is that or some of the char- some of the characters. Am I uh, one of the guys, Malcolm Tucker, the sort of very very profane uh-huh. Prime Minister's communications director? Is uh, he has a series in the UK called The Thick of It, uh, set, set in another ministry, um, and that atmosphere is is one that and the tone of the series is one that I've applied to the film. Uh, but you don't need to have seen the thick of it or even right, heard of it right, to, to get the film. There's a whole new other cast of characters around him. What was, but was, um, it, was it that series that, that brought you to Washington, or was it actually you decided to make this film? Is that why you went to Washington? No, I went to Washington because I, I, once I thought, actually, this is the story I want to do, this is the, this is the film I want to make, but I want to make it as a comedy. Yeah. Um, that that then prompted the the, the trip out to DC to then because I wanted to find I, you know I, I spoke to lots of people who'd worked in the State Department and you know the Pentagon and CIA and and United Nations um, and so on or, or worked in the you know the, in Congress and I said to them look it's a comedy it's a fiction I'm I'm not out to name names I want to know the dull stuff I know, I want to know when people get in in the morning what time they go home. 
what the type of people are they work with. And it's then that you actually get to the real bones of how that whole system of government functions on a daily basis. And that's what I, I wanted to get. You know, I've seen Washington portrayed as, as, as noble or as dark and conspiratorial. I haven't seen it portrayed as being a little bit rubbish yeah. and, you know, like an office job. And, ven- yeah, I mean, people, and, and venal. I mean, that's the, the word and, that... Yes, it's, it's, but it's all the petty politics. Yeah, so yeah. Someone told me that, um, uh, you know, the great rule is never leave a meeting. If you leave a meeting, you leave power because decisions are made very, very quickly at these meetings. And if you happen to go out to the bathroom or something and come back in, you might have missed something. Yeah. And Madeleine Albright, when she was Secretary of State, taught her staff bladder diplomacy. <laughs> <laughs> which was how to last in a meeting for up to six hours without having to go to the restroom. Oh, my God. You know, uh, on how that do you basis, do that? Well, great, that <laughs> great decisions are made. Yes, that's right. Well, I, I can't – we also have to talk about the cast. Uh, Peter Capaldi, mm. Tom Hollander, the seriously sexy Gina McKee, by the way. That's just an editorial comment on my part. Uh, oh, James, well, off you go. Yeah. <laughs> James yeah. Gandolfini uh, uh, Mimi and Kennedy. Mimi Kennedy, my goodness, who knew? Yeah. Uh, and then David Reich. Am I saying that right? Uh, David Rache. Rache, yeah. yeah. Yeah, who does this brilliant... Oh. It's not really an impression. It's a sort of an amalgam of Rumsfeld and Wolfovich and John Bolton and all the sort of the neocons who oh. speak with a very kind of slightly academic, assured, slightly enigmatic uh, tone in their voice, but with utter, utter self-belief and certainty in all that they do and contempt for anyone who dares suggest, you know, a- another opinion. Now, how did this cast come together? Uh, for example, how did you get James Gandolfini? Did he just walk that... in and say, I have to play a general? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that's exactly what happened? <laughs> no, no. Um, uh, 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 we, we were in a fancy dress shop in yeah. New York, and he was dressed up, and uh, I was trying on a director's job pose. And, uh, you know. um, no, I... Um, a, a, a little while back, the, there was an attempt to make an, an American version of The Thick of It, um, which failed miserably for all sorts of reasons. But, but in the course of that, I got talked to, talking to HBO about doing something and, and speaking to James about doing something. And, and he watched The Thick of It and became a big fan of the show. Uh, and then as we were writing the script for this film, the character of General Miller, this sort of slightly dovish military guy, um, emerged, and I just thought he'd be absolutely perfect for it because it'd be slightly unexpected, but also give him a, a whole comic vehicle to, yeah. to play with. And, and I sent him the script and met up with him, and he said, "Yep, let's let's do it. Let's go for it." You yep. know, it really was as straightforward as that. Well, it, the, it all happened very very quickly. This cast, there's there these these all of these actors make very mm. uh, sh- sharp uh, impressions. They they're very distinct. And they all just. This is a great cast. I just. I'm gonna just. Peter Capaldi is absolutely wonderful as Malcolm Tucker, but Tom Hollander as the yeah. sort of feckless uh, minister of. Uh, inv- no, 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 no. He was the invest overseas. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's the international minister, minister for international development. Thank uh, you. In the British government, so oh. he's a cabinet minister. Oh my gosh. Um, but he's sort of. He's the sort of everyman figure. He's our way into the film, and yeah. we ask ourselves. You know, if we were in his position, would would we do the same? Because he can't quite. He's 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 instinctively against the idea of the war, but he can't quite bring himself yet to to say anything about it or to oppose it. And he's sort of lured into 
as, as I think Blair and his entourage were lured into the, the bright lights of, uh, I mean, DC is, is, is known as Hollywood for ugly people. And, 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 and that's what it is. What I said to the British cast when we were, we were filming the DC scenes was try and remember the first time you came out to LA and how excited you were. And, all the promises that were made to you by men in expensive suits yeah, and yeah. how nothing came of it which, <laughs> and how you went home feeling a little bit soiled. Well, well Armando, I, I'm just a little... Is, is there really that kind of star... I can't use the word I want to use uh, after star, a quality to the way the British look at the American uh, government? Is, there, is that really, is that really a, a kind of deer-in-the-headlights kind of look when they, when they look at... I think there the... is. I think there is a kind of glamour. In the same way that, you know, a first time I going out to L.A. And, and maybe going to some Hollywood things would say, oh, good, look, 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 there's George Clooney. Yeah. yeah. I think Blair <laughs> and, 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 and Cole were going, look, look, there's George Bush. You know, yeah, the, there yeah. was a slight air of yeah. children in, in, a, in a large, in Willy Wonka's factory, in Willy Wonka's politics factory suddenly seeing the you know these people that they'd otherwise seen on the telly it was a, a strange and 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 they kind of then lost all sense of restraint and um and, and what it was really that they were out there to achieve now now uh, they were referring to blair at one point i know the british were in the in the tabloids and it, came, it spilled over here as bush's poodle i mean so there was a recognition mm. somewhat that uh, during yes. the build-up yeah. that blair was just cow kowtowing to whatever bush wanted is that was that fair to say? yes that's right, yes. And, and if you speak to people in the sort of diplomatic services, both in the UK and, and, and America, there was an air of bewilderment. There, there, no one quite knew what was in it for him. Normally, you know, if you agree to go along with something, there's been a deal done and, you know, you get something in return. But, but, but Blair didn't do that. He, he just went for it. Yeah. Um, you know, he forgot to ask for the thing in return, right? Now, now, in working with the actors on a scene, yeah. say Peter Capaldi, you've you've got mm. a script. You have a pretty strict script, but you encourage yeah. improvisation. There is, how much do you think of the film? How much in, uh, improvisation snuck through there? Do you do you have do you have a quota, or uh, how does that I work have, for you? Yes, I ask them to improvise every fourteenth syllable. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> and, uh, and they spend most and, time uh, counting. I mean. mm. Yes, and anyone who doesn't is is cut from the final movie. You know, but, you know it's pretty ruthless, really. Um, it, I ask, I, you know, the improvisation is there really to make the whole thing feel believable and naturalistic, and to, I ask them just to dirty up the conversation, yeah. overlapping dialogue. But you know, if they want to try something out, they can try something out. Yeah. And I always ask everyone, you know, if 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 you're in a scene and another actor has just said something completely new, go with it, even if yeah. it's just astonishment or annoyance or whatever i say don't try and think of something funny just just be natural just react to what you hear um but fundamentally i'd say about 10 to 15 percent of the final cut is the, is improvised but it might be a little line here sometimes yeah. there's great reams of dialogue that, that make it into the final you know zach woods plays chad one of the young young whippersnapper 22 year olds um, he, he, his background is actually Upright Citizens Brigade, the yes. kind of improv yeah. troop in New York. And he, when I when I set him with Anna Klumsky together, the, they had to sort of insult each other and wind each other up. And you know, I could just step back and set the thing running for half an hour and yeah. go oh. and sit and eat my lunch while watching it. It was, it, it was, it was just reams of the stuff wow. they just came out with. It, his character was just amazing that way. The just the constant. Uh, 
sort of baiting that he and I that yeah. was it was really it really was quite remarkable. Now is is there a sort of a recognition in in, in England uh, today that what happened was unnecessary? Is there any kind of a backlash to how this thing unfolded? And is your about film the war. about the war? Obviously not. <laughs> yeah. And is your film prompted any more discussion, or is it is this settled, or or is this your film bringing this back up in in a different no, way? No, it hasn't been settled. There is now an inquiry taking place. There have been various inquiries previously that that led to very very um, very neuter, neutered conclusions and there was a general sense that, that that was a bit of a whitewash there is now an inquiry that has just started that i think may throw up something but the thing is you know you've at least had you know rumsfeld resigned in the end yeah. you've had uh committee hearings you know, you've got the freedom of information. In the UK, no heads have rolled. Heads have got knighted, but no heads have rolled. Well, that happened here. And I think there is a general sense of frustration that this thing we were being told centered around the very definite existence of weapons of mass destruction, which our parliament was told could strike us within 45 minutes. I mean, that sense of the waste of not just money and resources, but lives that happened as a result of something that turned out not to be the case, has struck a very deep kind of chord in the UK. As we know them here, the Downing Street memos, uh, didn't, wasn't there a minister who committed suicide at one point in the lead up to this war? Wasn't there was, there there was no, there was a government scientist. Scientist. He was, he was a weapons inspector. And um, some weird stuff that happened. In, yes, in the and room. he he he. I, I, and I don't. I'm going to say, don't quote me on this, but I am on live radio, so. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, don't say <laughs> anything. Okay. It's hard not no, to but, quote. But, yeah. I, uh, but but he he uh, informed a reporter that some of the evidence that was being put together in the um, in the documents and the dossiers. Was was slightly more exaggerated than than was was the case. Right, and then, he, um, and then they, he... they investigated who had leaked this, and his name came up. And um, a couple of days later, he he had committed suicide. Yeah. yeah. Well, we well just just to sort of round this circle, we have not, in fact, uh, gotten anywhere close to 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 a full accounting on our side. And I think, no, no, I, no. and speaking of people who got knighted, we all well, they got the congressional medals of honor and all yeah. that stuff. Oh, right. Right. Yes, yes. So yes. Uh, I do like Dick Cheney's current thing about how the CIA shouldn't publish stuff about events, which in in in, in but which about events which in any case never happened. You know, I, 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 I kind of, <laughs> not only didn't it happen, but I don't want you to publish any information about it. You know? Oh my goodness. No, but it hasn't really gone away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I hear that HBO is, uh, the, well, that you're in conjunction with HBO uh, developing something for television in regards to In the Loop. Am I correct on this? Well, I, no, I'm, I'm doing it. Um, I've got a couple of projects I'm developing with them. The, uh, the main one is set in the world of um, sort of 20-something paper billionaire internet uh, owners, so, you know, people in their mid-20s who have a company yeah. which uh, 
is 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 known throughout the world. You know, the equivalent of the Google or the MySpace or yeah. the uh, okay. uh, you know uh, uh, eBay or something like that. Well, well I want to say, I'm looking at. but I'm also looking at something set in the world of DC politics right. as well. Well, terrific. Uh, by the way, I, I can't let you get away with th- not thanking you for getting uh, Steve Coogan a, a little part in this film. As brilliant ah. as he is, he, he just <laughs> th- that character is just fantastic in this film. There's so much to recommend about In the Loop. Uh, and and uh, and it's as I said, uh, it's rolling out here, Southern California and across the country, and I'm sure uh, it will receive the, the as, uh, reaction that I felt. It is a funny. We'll, we'll make it happen for you. We will make it happen. We will use <laughs> yeah, all of could our you, powers. Could you do that, yes. yeah. Yeah. Could, or, you, could you could you print a thousand copies and put them in a thousand? <laughs> no, definitely do that. So <laughs> well, this our distribution cost. <laughs> <and, laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, thank you so much for coming here and joining us on Film School today, and and all the success with this uh, that's humanly possible, and and uh, and all your future endeavors as well, Armando Yanucci. Thank you. A pleasure. Thank you very much. To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at KUCI.org slash filmschool.